If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you again to talk about the Parsha, to talk about the week, the week to pass, the week that's coming, and to talk about what's relevant, to talk about how Torah not only influences our life, but lightens up our life, shows clarity in a world that has become so uncertain, brings light into a world that has often become so very dark, and it brings a positive dimension into a world that has become in many ways so very negative. And this is something which is so important for us to understand, to recognize that we have the capacity, if we only choose to do so, to use the power of positive insights into every single situation. We don't allow ourselves, we shouldn't allow ourselves to be in any way overwhelmed by the darkness, by the confusion, by the negativity that prevails. This world is a world that is blessed by God, created by God, and God has put within it tremendous opportunity of goodness and greatness. It's up to us through our power of choice to recognize that. And when we do and when we share it, it brings goodness and light and positive dimension to our own lives and to the lives of people around us and ultimately to the entire creation as well. It's a very special Shabbos. It's a Shabbos, one of those very special Shabboses that has its own name, Shabbos Shira, the Shabbos of the song. Because in this parsha, of course, is the great song, the song that Moshe sang with the Jewish people following the great miracle of the splitting of the sea. The Jewish people had come out of Egypt after hundreds of years of oppression and slavery. They come out and they recognize the incredible miracle that has taken place. They come out, march out triumphantly. They come out as a proud and strong nation, not broken by Pharaoh in Egypt. Their spirit, certainly not broken. They come out as a people ready to march to Sinai to receive the Torah. But the sea is in the way and they come to the sea and miraculously the sea opens up in a very special way as we'll discuss a bit later. And following that, Az Yashir Moshe, Moshe and B'nai Israel, they sing the song of thanksgiving and glory. And our sages tell us that that song is a song that will be sung again and again and again, indeed every single day in our morning prayer. We say that song of Moshe and B'nai Yisrael, and Az is one of those terms that can be understood in the past and in the future, then as in the past, then as in the future. When Mashiach will come, then again, we will sing all together with passion, excitement, gratitude, and thanksgiving. We will sing the song of thanking God for the miracles that he continues and will continue to show us until the coming of Mashiach and beyond. But let's stop for a moment. I want to touch upon something that I mentioned last week to expand on it, because yesterday, of course, was Hamisha Asr Bishvat, Tu Bishvat, as it's commonly known, Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot, the New Year of Trees. 
And while, of course, it's a well-known festival, often celebrated by planting trees, of course, the custom of eating fruits, particularly the fruits with which Israel has been blessed, figs, dates, olives, grapes, pomegranate, etc., etc. But there is an inner spiritual dimension as well. I touched upon it last week, but as I said, to expand on it for a moment or two, because it has tremendous relevance to our own lives each and every single day of our lives. Kabbalists tell us that when we look at the world, God's creation, there are four kingdoms, Domeim, Tzameach, Chai, and Medaber. Domeim is the inanimate world, Tzameach is the world of vegetation, Chai is the animal world, and Medaber is the human world. But in a deeper sense, we are told, in a spiritual sense, Domeim refers to, well, the physical, Tzameach, refers, of course, to the emotional. Chai refers to the intellectual, and Medaber refers to the spiritual. Which brings to mind the question, when Torah speaks about the human, it says, Ki Adam eats hasada, man is compared to the tree of the field, the world of vegetation, the emotional dimension. Now, a human being has been blessed with intellect. One would think that if a human being is compared to any one of those kingdoms, he should be compared to the kingdom of intellect. Because after all, isn't intellect the single most important dimension within the human structure? The mind, rationale, understanding, reasoning, the ability to use that incredible intellect with which a person has been blessed, isn't that the ultimate? Why would a Torah tell us, why would a human being be compared to Sada, the emotional dimension? Yes, of course, emotions are important. Emotions are very much part of the human experience. Emotions are very much part of the spiritual experience of the human condition, but still, isn't intellect a higher dimension? Through intellect we understand to a great degree godliness. Through intellect we understand to a great degree the concept of creation. Why then, when we speak about comparing the human being to something within creation, we talk about comparing the human being to emotion? And our Hasidic and mystical masters explain it as follows. Emotion is deeply rooted within the human structure. Intellect is powerful. Intellect is great. But intellect can and does change. It changes with maturity and also with the idea of when a person is influenced by another's argument, a person can change his mind. As powerful as our intellect is, it can and often is influenced by the intellect of another. Intellect is not something which is permanently engraved in our being. Powerful, incredibly strong, but flexible. Whereas emotion, character, is deeply rooted within the soul of the human being. 
and emotion never changes. The character is always there. And therefore, a person has to realize that if in fact his character is permanent, it's the character that has to be used in order to fulfill his or her duty upon earth because it will never change. You can't say, well, change your character. You can't change your character. That's not what God wants. God created us in a particular way. What we have to use, do, is to use our character in a particular way, to harness it, to focus it toward proper, good, and productive dimension, not to change it. The Altarebbe, the author of Tanya, speaks about this. We don't change our nature. We direct our nature. We take the energy of our nature and we focus it toward positive, constructive, holy things. And this is why man is compared to the tree. Man is compared to the tree because the tree represents the character, the nature of the emotional dimension, which is permanent. And this is why it's so important. And this is why it's necessary for us to truly understand what our character is. And not to reject it. Not to disregard it. Direct it. Give it focus. Use its energy. Give it strength. We use our intellect to do just that. Our intellect is flexible, changeable, not our emotion. That's what we celebrate yesterday. That's why it's, in a sense, such an important festival. It's not only planting a tree or eating the fruit. Of course, those are the customs of the day. It's a day that we understand what the human mission is all about. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We take a look at the Pasha. It's a, an amazing Pasha. An amazing Pasha because not only does it begin with the glorious story of the great exodus, as mentioned before, after hundreds of years of oppression and slavery, the Jewish people are now marching out as a great, proud, and optimistic nation. One would think that after hundreds of years of slavery, of brutal oppression, their spirit is crushed. What are they doing? Where are they going into a wilderness? But no, the Jewish people are focused. They have a destiny. First of all, towards Sinai to receive the Torah, to receive the word of God, the commandments of God, to fulfill that bond that they are developing with God and to become the people of the book, to become the people who upon this earth will be those who will fulfill God's desire for mitzvot, for the commandments. And the Parsha tells us not only this story, but in actual fact, it tells us three incredible stories, each one an enormous miracle. First of all, the miracle of the splitting of the sea. The Jewish people come to the shores of the Sea of Reeds. Behind them are the Egyptians, a mighty army coming to try and destroy the Jewish people. They regret the fact that the Jewish people have left Egypt. After all, this was an amazing workforce. The Jewish people for hundreds of years built and developed Mitzrayim, Egypt. 
and in front of them is the raging sea. Miraculously, the sea splits into these amazing tunnels where each tribe walks through. And these tunnels produce the most beautiful fruits and the Jewish people walk through dry land. Another miracle, the miracle of the manna, the man that falls from heaven. Torah tells us that for 40 years, each and every single day from heaven fell this manna, miraculous food from heaven, bread from heaven. What were the Jewish people going to eat in this wilderness? What were the Jewish people going to sustain themselves in this wilderness? Every single day, manna fell from heaven to feed the Jewish people, to nurture the Jewish people. And at the end of the Parsha, another incredible miracle. They're on their way to Sinai. They're on their way to receive the Torah. There's a nation called Amalek, a powerful nation, a nation that has the most formidable army, a nation that is, well, hell-bent on destroying the Jewish people. They are the arch enemy of the Jewish people. They don't want the Jewish people to come to Sinai to receive the Torah. In fact, they don't want the Jewish people to exist at all. So they come to attack the Jewish people. Jewish people aren't trained soldiers. They've just come out of hundreds of years of slavery. And yet, they go into battle against this nation. God tells Moshe, tell Joshua to, well, put together an army. And you will sit on the side of the mountain and you will raise your arms. When your arms are raised heavenward, the Jewish people will be victorious against this mighty and powerful army, nation, Amalek. But if your hands, your arms go down, Amalek will be powerful. So Moshe holds his hands, his arms up. They become tired. His brother Aaron and Hor, they hold up his arms. And the Jewish people are victorious in that incredible battle. Three amazing miracles. What's that all about? And why is it contained in the Parsha that speaks about the actual liberation, the great march out of Egypt? Obviously, there has to be a connection because, as I've mentioned so often, and you know, that the name of the Parsha, in actual fact, reflects the entirety of the Parsha. So these three amazing miracles, the splitting of the sea, the manna that comes down from heaven, the battle against the Malik, the victorious battle against this formidable army, there's a connection over here with the moment of liberation. And the answer, of course, is because the liberation was not only physical freedom as we know. It wasn't that the Jewish people, the Israelites, came out of Egypt and broke the chains of slavery. Now they were free men. That's not what it was really all about. In a deeper and greater sense, in the true sense, far more than physical freedom, it was spiritual freedom. Because B'nai Israel, the Israelites, were going to become a nation that would be a light onto nations. They were going to bring spiritual greatness to the world. They were going to become a nation, as mentioned earlier on, 
that would show clarity to a world of confusion, bring light to a world of darkness. The Jewish people not only would become the symbol of freedom physically, they would become the symbol of freedom spiritually. And this is why these three miracles, these three amazing episodes, the sea, the manna, and the war with the Malik, in fact illustrate how this was going to take place. First of all, the sea, the splitting of the sea. What was that all about? God created a world and gave the world a natural order. The sea, the water, it flows. That's the way God created water. That's the nature he gave to the sea. But there comes a moment where God said, the sea will stand still in order to allow the Israelites to cross in dry land. What does that mean? It means that you have to look at God's creation and understand that not only did God create the world, he manages the world. Each and every single aspect of God's creation is constantly and entirely directed by God himself. It's not that once upon a time he created the world and lets it run on his own forevermore. No. Each and every single moment, God directs every single action of the world. That the sea flows, this is directed by God. That the sea comes to a standstill and the water becomes a solid object that is directed by God. First and foremost, to become a spiritual entity and to give the world a sense of clarity, there has to be a message that there is a master to this world. This world isn't on its own. This world doesn't simply function on its own. You can't do whatever you want. God controls this world. There is a judge and there's judgment because each and every single aspect, each and every single act of all creation and everyone within it is constantly directed by God, measured by God, and judged by God. Even water within the sea. The second is the manna that came down from heaven. There's so many aspects to that story, I'm going to mention one. Moshe tells the Jewish people, don't take more than you need on a daily basis. Prosperity. People become too greedy. Take more than they really need. Those who took more than they needed, it became rotten, rancid. And Moshe became angry. Each and every single day, manna will fall from heaven. Go out and collect as much as you need for you and your family. Don't hoard. Don't take more than you need. If you take more than you need, that's greed. And greed is something which is destructive. Create an environment, create an society where you 
take what you need and no more. That's the second lesson. The second lesson of freedom, the second lesson of spiritual tranquility is creating a society where everyone has what they need and greed does not become the driving force of the human condition. Look at the world today. So much of what's wrong is that people take much more than they need. And there are those who have, well, not enough. The manner which represents prosperity, that which sustains us on a daily and regular level, take what you need. And also on Friday, a double portion fell because on Shabbos we rest. Understand that God is the master of this world and he will provide. Don't think you have to work in order to have that which you need for Shabbos. And the third, of course, is the battle against the Amalek. Amalek represents the challenges in life, the difficulties in life. You have to go out there and deal with it. You can't ignore it. You have to have the courage and develop the strength to deal with the challenges of life. But the hands of Moses are raised up, which means look heavenward. Pray. Ask God for a blessing. Ask God for direction. You don't have to do it on your own. But you have to do something in order to meet the challenges of life despite the difficulties that they might present. These three miracles are contained within the story of freedom. Recognizing God as creator and the continued master of this world. Understanding what physical needs are and not to be greedy. Having what you need and sharing. And having the courage and the strength of recognizing your challenges, addressing your challenges, dealing with your challenges, but at the same time keeping your eyes heavenward to know and to understand that God will help you in the great battle of dealing with your challenges of life. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So, three miracles. The miracle of the splitting of the sea, the miracle of the manna coming down from heaven, and the miracle of the great victory against the mighty army of Amalek. But there's a question. And the question is, take a look at these three miracles. What happened? What happened at the first is Moshe is told by God to, to take his staff, the great stick, and hit the water and just tell the Jewish people to march forward miraculously. The sea opens up in the most incredible way to provide dry land and beauty for the Jewish people to march. What happens with manna? Manna falls from heaven every single morning. What happens with the battle of Amalek? Joshua has to put together an army. Moshe has to sit on the mountain and hold his hands, his arms up. And the Jewish 
people have to engage in battle. The third miracle is a difficult one. Yes, it's a miracle, because even with the battle that they engage in, they need the incredible, the incredible blessing to win against this mighty army. But the first two seems, well, a miracle that is brought about simply by the action of God. The sea splits, the manna falls from heaven, whereas the third, the Jewish people, have to engage in battle. Why? Why couldn't God or why didn't God simply do something that would wipe out the Amalekites, destroy them? Why was it necessary to go through the whole activity of the people going into battle, of Joshua putting together an army, and Moshe sitting on the side of the mountain with his hands held up? All sorts of explanations, just a short one. The answer is because the third miracle talks to us about personal challenge to recognize that which stands in our way in terms of personal development. The first two are miracles that God shows us in order to, well, go forward in our freedom. The second miracle, of course, to be sustained, to be nurtured. The third is the personal battles of life and a human being has to do that with his own her own effort God helps God gives us strength God shows miracles but in that dimension the greatness of that miracle is our own effort and the reason that we need our own effort it's because we have to reveal from within ourselves what our true character is. As I mentioned earlier on, why the human is compared to the tree. The deep emotional dimension character of the human being, which is very much part of his essential, essential identity. This is important. This is what growing up is all about. This is what development is all about. It shouldn't be imposed. It should be developed. And the development depends upon the actions, the activity, the effort of meeting a challenge head on, of recognizing a challenge, of doing something which indicates, I have used my own energy in coming to recognize who and what I am. Of course there's a miracle involved, a huge miracle. On my own, I couldn't do it. I need the blessing, the greatness of God at my side. But I have to put my effort into this as well. And this is what this Shabbos is all about, and this is why this Shabbos is called the Shabbos of the Psalm, because not only do we show gratitude and appreciation, but we sing because of the achievement we make through our own efforts as well. We have done well. Not only that we were given gifts, not only that we were shown miracles, but that we participated, we have done something. And that action, that action is great. And what is that action? That action is passion. 
that we do something with a sense of divine excitement. We do something with a sense of warmth, of love, of greatness. The way that we recognize ourselves gives us a vibrancy, a warmth and excitement of who and what we are. And that's why we sing, because singing is an expression of passion, of warmth, of true greatness. It's a special Shabbos. So when you're in shul tomorrow, and be in shul tomorrow, listen carefully to this parsha. Every single portion contains incredible, incredible stories. The song, the miracles, well, the Jewish people make a few mistakes as well. But every single portion tells huge stories. And as I always say, listen to the part that speaks to you, because it will tell you volumes about who and what you are. And when it does, a light will go on. A light will go on that will tell you who and what you are. Good Shabbos.